Father God, we come before you right now. And we actually, overwhelmed with your presence, overwhelmed with your glory, humbly come before you right now and open our hearts. And we just tell you, Lord, we, we thank you for the truth that you are always with your people. We thank you for the example in scriptures that you have never broken a promise. You have never let your people down. And we are your people. And you're going to work in our lives and you're going to take care of us and you're going to deliver us from the hands of the enemy. You're going to lead us into paths of righteousness. You're going to take us into places that you want us to go and you're going to use us in ways we can't even imagine or dream. Thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your hand upon our lives, for calling our names and making us your people. I pray your powerful spirit will work today, right now, as we open your word together. We're counting on that, Lord, and we open our hearts to you. In Jesus' powerful name we pray, amen, amen. Go ahead and have a seat, my friends. I, too, am glad that you made it today. And uh, we're looking forward to what the Lord is going to say to us from his scripture today. That's powerful stuff. (laughs) It's been a while since we've seen Bill and Gloria Gaither on our stage, hasn't it? (laughs) Let me just say this as we get started. Whenever you see the Lord um, written in your Bible, the Lord in capital letters, it's referring to God's personal name, Yahweh, which means I am. And this was the name that God used of himself when he made a covenant with his people. When he refers to himself as Yahweh in the scripture, God is essentially reminding his people, and this is how he comes to it. Before I say what I'm going to say, I want to remind you of who's speaking to you. I am the Lord your God. I am Yahweh. There is none other God like me the eternal promise keeping God who moved heaven and earth to rescue you and deliver you and your grandparents, generations. I am the unchanging one who has never failed. And so, my friends, for endless days, we will sing his praise because he never fails his people. In fact, Proverbs 30, verse 5 says this, every word of God proves true. Every word of God proves true. Every word of God proves true. Do you believe that? Excuse me. Do you believe it? Does your life, the way that you live your life, does it prove the way that you're living, the way that you're acting, the way that you're receiving all that's happening in your world, does it prove that you believe that every word of God proves true? In every era of redemptive history, redemptive means that God's restoring that which was broken. In every era of God's people, they were placed into circumstances that tested them, tested their faith, tested their resolve to believe that every word of God proves true. Because it is during the hard times that put our faith to test. It is when we're standing at the edge of the Red Sea and the enemy's chasing us that puts the every word of God proves true to the test. The Israelites wandering in the wilderness clung to the promise that God would bring them into the promised land. And guess what? Good news. God delivered his people into the promised land. When the people of Israel were exiled in Babylon and Assyria, 
They clung to the promise that God would deliver them. And guess what he did? He delivered them. The prophets of old in the Old Testament, they clung to the promise that God would send a Messiah. And guess what happened? A Messiah was born. You know, the disciples in the New Testament that followed Jesus, they clung to the promise that Jesus would send his Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind and powerful, miraculous force began the church of Jesus Christ. And it is triumphant today because of the work of that Holy Spirit. The New Testament church has clung to the promise that God would be with them even in the heights of persecution when they were underneath the wicked, evil hand of Nero. Martin Luther and the reformers clung to the promise that salvation is by grace through faith alone. And that is what we stand on today, that truth. There is only one Lord, there is only one Savior, and there is only one way. Generations of missionaries have clung to the promise that God will supply their every need and he has never let them down. Christians in the last century have clung to the promise that God would be with them through wars and depressions and pandemics and natural disasters and he has always delivered his church. So what about us? What about us in the middle of all that is going on in our world? Is, do, do, does the truth that every word of God proves true apply to us today? Can we still have faith in the God of the Old Testament? Can we still have faith of the God of the New Testament? Is he still at work in his church? Is the church truly still triumphant, I guess is what I'm asking. You want to see some headlines from our area? You want to hear what the world is telling us about the church? Watch this. Watch this little video. One of those that we looked at said this, forget the numbers. The big story is that religion has lost its social influence. The next one says, thank God American churches are dying. <clears throat> is this true? Is the American church dying? Have we lost our social influence? You don't know how to answer that, do you? <laughs> Let me just tell you this. There's one true way for the church of Jesus Christ to lose its influence, and that is if God's people stop living as children of light. But here's the truth that I want you to hear. No matter what the world is saying, no matter what Satan is trying to peddle, the false lies that are out there about the church and its influence, I want you to hear the words of Jesus. Okay, not my words. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build whose church? Come on, come on. 
Jump in here with me. Whose church? I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And my friends, every word of God proves true, including this one. And that's really good news, because the latest headline is this. Nominal Christians are falling away. Everywhere I turn, every pastor I'm talking to is saying that this pandemic that we're in is drawing some very clear lines as to who true believers are in the church of Jesus Christ. And the more persecution that comes to the triumphant church, those differences will be even clearer. We will be able to see clearly who who's claiming the name of Jesus Christ actually knows Jesus Christ. Last week we talked about how many things God has already revealed to us. Remember, we went through the two weeks of the question why, the question that may never get answered, understanding that God is keeping some things from us, but praise the Lord, last week we dove into the fact that he has revealed a lot to us through his word more than we will ever be able to dive into and examine and explore all the depths that are in God's word in his truth. He has already revealed all that to us and those things belong to us and to our children forever. We learned this, we we talked about this last week that we know how this is all going to go in the world because he's already told us that, he's already revealed that to us. We know how it's all going to end because he has revealed those things to us. Isn't it interesting that he hasn't revealed the timing of it all? He just wants to keep us on our toes, right? But we know how it's all going to end. We know all the characters involved because he's revealed it to us. And then I said this, that we know which team we should be on and how to get on it. And I just need to tell you that I had a plan. I had a plan, and you know how man makes his plans, but God directs your steps. I had a plan for how this whole series is gonna go. And I am not on track with the plan at all. And Monday morning, early Monday morning, I wake up, and I don't know if this happens to you, it probably happens to all of us in different ways, but I could clearly hear what I supposed was the Holy Spirit of God saying to me, um, I'm changing the direction of where you're gonna go on Sunday. And I fought it, you guys, because I'm like, I'm gonna get back on track. I'm going to get my plan going. And all morning, the elders in the elder prayer time, I was praying, and as I was praying in elder prayer time, God was speaking some things to me, and I was writing them down. I fought it so much, this sermon today. I fought it so much that in the afternoon, I went into my office, I got all my stuff out about all the other sermons I'm gonna preach in this series, waiting for the revelation of the Lord to say, this is the direction I want you to go. And in the middle of it all, I could hear his still small voice saying, what is wrong with you? I already told you what I want you to speak on. And this is what he wants us to lean into. This truth today that I have on the screen for you Life is short, eternity is long, and heaven is real. So let's jump in, okay? Truth number one is this, death comes to us all. Now, here's the danger today. And I'm, having, I'm wrestling with the Lord on this. I'm saying, Lord, um, everything I'm going to say to them, they've heard before. If you've been in church at all for any length of time, I'm going to tell you that none of this is going to be new. However, there may be some of you who are sitting here. There may be some of you who have joined us online or sitting up in the loft or those of you in the balcony. You might be sitting here and have never heard some of this. So here's, can can we make a deal? Everybody lean in, okay? Whether you've been going to church since you were three or you just started coming to church three weeks ago, everybody lean in because God has something he wants to say to us, and it's always a good reminder of this truth, that death 
comes to us all. Ecclesiastes 7.2, he actually wrote those things down and said, death is the destiny of every man and the living should take this to heart. Everybody's going to die. Can I ask the question, is that, is that new news to anybody sitting here today? Anybody like been living under the illusion that you're going to live forever, that your body's going to live forever and you're never going to die? I know some of you think that that's never going to happen. But the fact is, death is the destiny of every man. And the living, the living, those of us who are alive right now, we ought to be thinking about that and take it to heart. Everyone's going to die. That's not rocket science. (laughs) I love this. George Bernard Shaw, he had a handle on this. Life's ultimate statistic is the same for all people. One out of one dies. (laughs) That is how it is. And the Bible is crystal clear with that truth. But I want to say something to you. Even though we know that, death always feels wrong when it comes. As long as we've been alive, death has been part of life. We have family members who die and friends who die, grandma and grandpa die. But it's always disturbing to deal with death. There are some deaths that happen that should never happen. And it's it's incredibly disturbing when those premature deaths happen. You know, like parents are never supposed to have to bury their children. That's just the way it is. It's just the, never supposed to happen that way, at least in our minds. But even when it happens the way we think it happens, so like grandma, she's 99 years old, and we're all like, grandma, this is so awesome, your 99th birthday. Are you gonna make it to 100? My uncle, my uncle Skip, he's in heaven right now. He was 99, and we were like, come on, Uncle Skip, you can make it to 100. We all know that at any moment, he's lived a long, real great long life, right? 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 I mean, those of you who are like over 50... I mean, when I was a kid, if somebody was getting 75 years old, it's like, hey, get the ca- casket ready. I mean, we're, people are going to go, you know. I mean, people are living a lot longer these days. Hallelujah for us. Even when Grandma or Uncle Skip dies at 99, it still breaks our hearts. Even though we know it's here, we know it's coming. Any moment, it's coming. It's we're still never ready for it. It's always premature. At least for me it is. I hate death. One of the, one of the worst parts and best parts of being a pastor is that I, I get to be with families when they're saying goodbye to their loved ones, but it's so hard at the same time. And death is coming to us all, but it's so disturbing and it throws us out of balance and it goes against every part of our moral moral fiber because truth number two, write this down, death is an intruder. Death was never supposed to be part of the human experience. And this was from the very beginning. If you've been around church at all for very long at all, you've heard the story of Adam and Eve in the garden. God creates this beautiful planet. He creates this Garden of Eden and he puts animals in it and he puts animals in the sea and then he creates man and he puts man and woman into the garden and he says, live forever. Rule over the earth and rule over the animals and procreate and I'm gonna come and walk with you and fellowship with you in the cool of the day forever. Did you know that? Is is that new news to you? We were supposed to live forever. Our bodies were designed to cast off old cells and rebuild new cells. And we were supposed to live forever. There was no death on the earth at that time. But then here's how, it, here's how the history tells the story is that Satan, who, who rebelled against God and set himself up to be God, 
was cast down out of heaven and he came as a serpent before Eve and he lied to Eve, the great lie that Eve, you know, God told you you can have anything you want in the garden except you can't eat the fruit of the one tree. And the reason he did that and the reason he has that is because he knows the minute you eat the tree, you'll be like him, you'll be a God. And he doesn't want you to be a God. He wants to be the only God. And he lied to her and she believed the lie and she ate of the fruit and Adam ate of the fruit because he believed the lie. And at that moment, they sinned against God because they disobeyed him. And any disobedience against God is sin. And the Bible says at that moment, that sin brought death into the world. Romans 5.12 says, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin entered the world. In this way, death comes to all people because all have sinned. My friends, the reason death is so hard for us to handle is because we weren't created to die. We were created for life. But because of sin, death has intruded into the human experience. And now death is part of everything that we have because all people have sinned. That's not new news to you, right? The Bible says, for all have sinned, and because of our sin, we fall short of God's glory. We can't get there. We can't connect with God anymore. We can't have fellowship with God anymore because of our sin. But here's truth number three that we need to understand is that life is short. Life is short. James 4.14 says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Now, you young people in the room, you have no clue what I'm talking about. I remember being your age, and I remember pastors saying, life is short. Your life is just flying by. It's just a mist. It's a vapor. It's, it's here today, and it's gone tomorrow. And I'm saying, hey, man, I'm alive. I am fully alive. I got a lot of life in me. You, you guys know what I'm talking about? You have no clue what we're talking about, but get past 50. <laughs> and I mean, life is racing by. You know what I'm talking about. It's like, didn't we just buy Christmas presents for the kids? Are we starting that all over again? I mean, the years just fly by, and the older you get, the faster it goes, and you fully understand the impact of this first, that life is short. It is a mist. It's a vapor. It's here today, and it is gone tomorrow. The big question for every single person is this. Are you ready for death when it comes because your life is flying by? You don't have much time to monkey around with this question in your life. Are you ready for death? This is the most important question for every man, woman, and child hearing my voice right now. Are you ready for death? Because truth number four is eternity is long. Life is short, but eternity is long. Life is just a mist. It's a vapor. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. But eternity is forever. Don't try to lay in bed and think about eternity past. You will lose your mind. Like if you start to think, lay in bed and start to think, okay, the world's only been in existence for a couple of thousand years. You notice I didn't say millions of years, right? Okay, good. So what did God do for eternity past? Which eternity past means there was no beginning because God has no beginning and he has no end. I can get starting today and thinking about eternity future that it will never end. I just can't get my mind around eternity past, but my friends, eternity is a very long time. I promise you, 100 years from now, nothing else will matter to any of us than how we have answered the question, who is Jesus Christ to you? That is the huge question for every person. What kind of relationship do you have with Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus Christ to you? Because where you spend eternity is directly connected to how you answer that question. I want you to listen to me very carefully, okay? Just lean into this. 
because there is some weird teaching out there about this, but this is what the Bible teaches. You are not a body with a soul. You are an eternal soul, an eternal soul with a temporal body. You need to understand that. Our souls are immortal. We will exist in eternity somewhere. Your body will die and rot in a grave somewhere, but your immaterial part, your soul, will live on in eternity. And the Bible says in two different places, heaven or hell. Can you say that? Are you allowed to say the word hell? Anymore? That's not hate speech? Truth number five, I want to write it down. Heaven is real. I'll stay on the positive side. Heaven is real. <laughs> but guess what? Um, it's true. Heaven is real. But if you believe, how many of you guys all believe heaven is real? If you believe heaven is real, it's because the Bible told you that. That's where that truth comes from. So if you believe that heaven is real, you also have to believe that hell is real because the Bible tells us there is a heaven that is a real place and there is a hell that is a real place. You wanna hear a story that Jesus told? I'm gonna actually have the whole story on the screen. You're not gonna see me anymore because it doesn't matter what I look like. I want you to look at the word of God. This is a story Jesus told in Luke chapter 16 that helps us understand this concept. There was a certain rich man, Jesus said, who was splendidly clothed and lived each day in mirth and luxury. One day Lazarus, a diseased beggar, was laid at his door. As he lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, the beggar died and was carried by the angels. That's a cool concept. He was carried by the angels to be with Abraham in the place of the righteous dead. That's heaven, my friends. The rich man, Lotus, the rich man also died and was buried, and his soul went into hell. So, where's, eight, where's Lazarus? In heaven. Where's the rich man? In hell. And there in torment, he, the rich man, saw Lazarus in a far distance with Abraham. Now, where, what was the man in? He was in torment, the scripture says. Okay, so we know that hell is a place of torment. Abraham, he shouted, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here, if only to dip the tip of his finger into water and cool my tongue. Get this, for I am in anguish in these flames. So hell is a place of torment and flame. But Abraham said to him, son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now you so now he is here being comforted and you are in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm separating us and anyone wanting to come to you from here is stopped at its edge and no one over there can cross to us. The rich man said, oh, Father Abraham, then please send him to my father's home for I have five brothers. Warn them about this place of torment lest they come here when they die. But Abraham said, the scriptures have warned them again and again. Your brothers can read them at any time they want to. And the implication is, the same happened with you, rich man. You had the scriptures and you heard them over and over again. And you didn't hear, just like your brothers. The rich man replied, no, Father Abraham, they won't bother to read them. But if someone is sent to them from the dead... Then they will turn from their sins. But Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't listen even though someone rises from the dead. Heaven is real and hell is real. And my friends, a thousand years from now, you will be alert to who you are and you will know where you are. You understand that? 10,000 years from today, you will know where you are and you will be consciously aware of all that is going on around you, just like Lazarus and the rich man. Will you be patient with me and let me go one more step? 100,000 years from now, 
You will still know who you are and you will still be consciously aware because your soul will be alive either in heaven or hell. And you will have just begun the eternal destiny. And you will understand then what you can't possibly know today except through faith that the most important thing you need to know is are you in a right relationship with Jesus Christ? Hebrews 9, 27, and the Bible says it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes the judgment. We only get one chance at this. The story of the rich man and Lazarus, the rich man had his chance and he didn't take the opportunity. Today, you have the chance. Today, you can be saved. While it's still today, you can make the choice because we don't know if we have tomorrow. We're all going to die a physical death. And if you want to have eternal life, you've got to believe in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible is clear that we're all sinners, and because of our sin, the wage that we earn, the the payment for that sin is death. And it's talking about spiritual death. Sin brought physical death into the world, but our personal sin brings eternal death unless we're saved from our sin, unless we can escape from our condition, and we can't do it on our own. But God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He, Jesus came to die for us so that if anyone would believe in him, they would be saved and they would have eternal life. John 1.14 says that in him, in Jesus Christ, is life, and that life is the light of all mankind. This is really good news, people. You can have the life of Jesus. You can be part of the triumphant church that we saw and celebrated earlier. You can have his life. You can have his light. You can have his love. You can have his grace right now, today. And I've got to ask you, do you know Jesus as your Lord? Hebrews 3.15 says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Today is the time of favor. Today is the day of salvation. We are living in a time called grace, in the age of grace, where God holds out salvation for all people. And he says, my son died for you. My son shed his blood for your sins. And if you will repent of your sins and turn from your sins and you will come to my son, you can have eternal life. But you may not have tomorrow. So often preachers are ridiculed and for saying this kind of stuff. They're, they're like mocked for saying this kind of stuff and like, you're just a doom and gloomer. I'm just speaking truth. It's not loving to not tell people the truth about their condition. The only reason I'm standing here to say this to you is because I love you And I've experienced the love of Jesus Christ and I want you to experience that. And you can experience all of it. Today is the day of salvation. In fact, some of you are hearing this for the very first time. Some of you online with us, you might be like just checking out this church right now and you don't even know who we are. But you're listening today because the Holy Spirit of God wants your heart. And he's speaking right into you and you know it right now. You can feel it right now. I'm sure of this, that if those people who have died before us, all of our loved ones and friends who have died before we have died, whether they're in, they died in Christ or not, if they were to be able to come back and speak to us today, like if the rich man could come back and speak to us today, like he wanted to speak to his brothers, I guarantee you they would say, people, people, you need to listen 
Make sure you are right with God. Place your faith in Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord. Jesus Christ said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die, and he's talking about the eternal death. These people that have gone before us, if they could speak to us today, they would say, listen, my friends, everything in the Bible is true. Everything that the Bible says about a heaven and a hell is true. Believe it and don't doubt it. Don't listen to the people who are telling you lies about it. It's real. I've experienced it. And then I imagine they would turn to me and they would say, Phil, you're their pastor. Tell them. Tell them that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life and no one can come to the Father. No one can enter into heaven except through him. They can't make it here unless they accept him as their Lord. And if that were to happen, I guarantee you, I would turn to you all and I would say, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through Jesus. There's no other way of salvation except through the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's not popular to hear today. People are telling us the lie is that there are many ways to heaven. There are many ways to God. And it's just not true. God himself said, because Jesus is God, I am the way, Jesus said, the truth and the life. You can't come to the Father except through me. There's only one way. Jesus also talks about the fact that there is a wide road that leads to death. And many people are on that road. And there is a narrow gate that leads to life. And that narrow gate is Jesus Christ. And the unfortunate thing, Jesus says, is there are few that will find it. But I want you to know that the offer is given to you today. You can find that life today. He will save you if you will let him save you. I don't understand everything about Christ and everything about God and everything about the cross. But I am told I don't need to understand. I just need to believe Anyone can believe. Old people can believe. Young people can believe. Good people can believe. Bad people can believe. I can believe and you can believe. And believe means to commit. I commit my life totally to Jesus. Jesus on the cross says, I will save you. I will change you. I will make you a new person. I will take your sins. I will cast them as far as the east is from the west. I will remove them from you. I will make you a new creation and give you life. But you must come to the cross of repentance and faith. You must humble yourself and confess your sin. This is what the Bible says. If you will confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Life is short, eternity is long, and heaven is real. Remember when I said death comes to us all? Well, I've got some really good news. You can know today that when death knocks at your door, Jesus will be there with his arms open wide to welcome you into eternal life. And so I want to ask everyone to respond to this. Everybody hearing my voice, the invitation for today is respond to this truth. If you have already humbled your heart before the Lord and confessed your sin before the Lord, and received his gift of salvation and made him the Lord of your life, then during this time of invitation, the invitation for you is to sing his praise in your heart. Thank him that he called you and that he chose you and that he whispered into your ear and brought you to salvation. Praise him for that. But if you don't know him and you haven't come to that place, I want to invite you to receive Jesus today for the first time and give your heart to him 
and be saved. Let's all bow our heads and I want to speak to those right now who may not know the Lord. I believe that I've been there, I've been where you are right now and I remember what it felt like for the Holy Spirit to convict me about my sin. And it's a very real thing to hear from the Holy Spirit of God as he speaks to your heart right now and asks you the question, are you willing to receive my son, Jesus Christ, and are you willing to be saved? I want to invite you to do what I did many years ago when the Holy Spirit visited me and I prayed this prayer. And if you would like to be saved, you can pray this prayer along with me. Something like this, dear Heavenly Father, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and you rose from the dead and I want to turn from my sins today and I repent of those sins and I invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust you and I want to follow you and I want to make you the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to know that if you prayed that prayer and you meant that prayer with all of your heart, then you are now a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. I want you to know that you are now one of God's people. You're part of his triumphant church. And you have eternal life. So what do we do now? Well, now you serve him with all your heart. You go through the waters of baptism and you, the, the very first thing you do is you testify to what God has done, just like our sister did earlier. You testify as to what the Lord has done in your life and then you begin to serve him and you open your heart to him and he will begin to use you in powerful ways because of the Holy Spirit that indwells you. There's so much for you to learn. There is so much for you to grow in. And we want to help you with that. So what we're going to do is give you an opportunity to respond. And there's all kinds of ways we can do this, right? But I I just think, let's just step out for the Lord right now. We're going to sing a song um, and everybody's going to stand. In fact, you can go ahead and stand here in the building if you're with us here. And we're going to stand and give you an opportunity. If you made that commitment today, if you gave your heart to Jesus today, and you're here in the building while we're singing, I want to invite you to just step out here, come down here and shake my hand and tell me that you gave your heart to Jesus. We as a church want to celebrate with you. And I want to pray over your new walk with God as we leave this place today, okay? If you're online with us and you made that commitment, there is right now, they're putting a little way for you to click on I have committed to Christ my heart to Christ or I want to commit my life to Christ and the reason you should click on that if you've made that decision or you're desiring to make that decision is to connect with us so we can connect with you and help you in your new journey with the Lord that's what this is all about it's about new life in Jesus and walking in that with all the rest of us and so that's the invitation if you here in the building if you gave your heart to Jesus and we We sing, please just come down here and let us know that. We want to celebrate that with you. But let's all lean into this truth as we sing. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for retreat from the well? Jesus is calling. 
is always open until Jesus returns the invitation will always be open come to the Father come and receive my forgiveness and walk in the light and so our invitation today stands open for you here God is doing amazing things through his people we those of us who know him are his people. The church is triumphant. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are like the people of Israel. We're following God out into the area. We have no idea what's out ahead of us, but we're gonna follow God. And no matter what's chasing after us, we trust that the Lord is taking care of our backside. We just are following him on our front side. I didn't come out very well, but you know what I mean right listen pull up that Corinthians verse will you Brad no eye has seen no ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him I want you to go in that truth today I want you to walk in that truth this week that no matter what coming your way God has a plan because God has a people and he's always working in, with, and through his people. He's always at work, always at work. Trust him for that as you go. Now, we had a book that we made available um, to you last week. And you guys in the first service, you took all of them. And so the second, verse, the second service got none of them. So here's, can, you, can we do this? If you signed up on a sheet, we have another 100 books. If you signed up to, to get a book, will you go get one? If you didn't sign up, can you wait till next week? Because we have more coming next week, and then we'll make those available to the second service. Deal? And you might say, well, hey, if they had come, get up early and come, they could have. Yeah, we know that, all right? But um, these are available out there at the connection point, and we'll get more um, as we need to. Great book. I want to encourage you to get one and then share it with a friend. Um, you guys are going to go out singing. We're going to go out singing. If you want to hang out with us to sing, awesome. Um, otherwise, you can be dismissed. Those of you who are online joining us, so thank you so much for joining us today. Go in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit of God. He loves his people, and he's working through you. God bless you, my friends. Savior, isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah, Christ is
to the altar the Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ Oh, come to service today. Our prayer is that God is using the worship and the message to inspire you to love him, love people, and influence the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you made a spiritual decision today or would like somebody to pray with you, you can let us know by clicking the connection card link. If you haven't yet, you can download our church app where we post upcoming events and announcements, and you can share this week's message with a friend. You can also check out our website at fbcelkart.org to stay connected with us. God bless. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Sunday.